Well, I just want to welcome everybody, and I pray you guys have, have a great time and just, just relax and open your hearts and your ears to what God has for us today. And I've really been now praying over this message, and, and the Lord just, just really laid this on me, and it really was birthed out of, the message was birthed out of some of the stuff we were doing on Tuesday night. And I'll get to that, because I, so many times I get excited, I want to run ahead and, and, and flip the whole hand, but I want to kind of ease into it so we can, we can do that. Um, also, guys, if this is your first time here, one of the things we do, everybody learns different. I definitely learn different. I'm a picture guy, you know? And so what we do, we have the, the handouts, and we take a few, few of the points. And that way, you know, if you hear something that uh, you want to look up or go back to, you always got that reference to go back to. And I'm going to tell you what, we're always going to be drawing you back to the Word of God. It's not what Buddy said. It's what the Word of God says. And so that's what, that's what I know I can give you the best if I point to Christ in every situation. Amen? So that's what we want here today. Well, I'm going to jump on in. The title of our message is called Sticks and Stones. Has anybody ever heard that? Sticks and stones will break your bones. What? But words will never hurt you. You believe that? You ever been hurt by some words? Yeah, me too. You can get wounded with those things, can't you? You know, it's the truth. I mean, our words, we talk about that all the time. You know, we say, man, speak, speak life. Speak life. So many times we're looking at stuff. And so when we look at that, we know that our words set the course for our actions. Amen? It really does. So what we say has a lot to do with where we're going. And here's something else. One of the things we're going to be talking about is being judgmental. I don't know what here is, but probably people at your work might be, right? Right? Uh, I just thought that some of the people working with other people, they're going, hey, you might be talking about you. You talking about you? Yeah. I'm talking about us. Hey, y'all, first time, I always say I'm preaching to me first. You're going to get used to hearing that. I'm always preaching to me first. But you know what? That could be a pretty slippery slope, being judgmental and things like that. Because really what we're saying is, you know, I got to figure it out and you don't. And you know what I found out is I can make a whole lot more problems than I can solve on my own. Amen. But thank the, the good Lord that through his grace and mercy and fresh starts, he'll set us back up again and keep on rolling. So we put our faith and trust in him in every aspect. So what I want to do today is kind of unpack the message here a little bit. You guys got your hand out. And uh, if you got your Bibles with you today, I always encourage you to bring your Bibles. We'll be in John chapter 8. We're going to look at those first 11 verses. If you don't have that, that's cool because I always try to put them up on the wall. Okay? So here we go. I'm going to go ahead and read that and then we're going to kind of unpack it a little bit. Okay? So John chapter 8. 1 through 11, it starts out and says, Jesus returned to the Mount of Olives. But early the next morning, he was back at the temple. A crowd soon gathered, and he sat down and taught them. And as he was speaking, the teachers of the religious law and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery. They put her in front of the crowd. Teacher, they said to Jesus, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. The law of Moses says to stone her. What do you say? And it goes on to say in verse 6, it says, they were trying to trap him into saying something they could use against him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote, and wrote in, the, in the dust with his fingers. They kept demanding an answer. He stooped down again and said, All right, and this is our verse that we're really going to trigger in on a minute. All right, but let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. Then he stooped down again and wrote in the dust. When the accusers heard this, and I want you guys to tune into this, they slipped away one by one beginning with the oldest, until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. Then Jesus stood up again and said to the woman, where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? And she says, no, Lord. And Jesus said, neither do I. Go and sin no more. Now there's a lot of meat on them bones right there. But what I want to do, there's a lot of things that's very obvious. Now we know that the act of adultery is not, not a good thing at all. Right? But I want to unpack a few more things that are in here that maybe we don't normally see, okay? 
So if we go back to, let's roll back to the, for the, to the first. Yeah, thanks, buddy. If we go back there, i tell you what, I'll drive in one second. I'm going to look at this. If you look at verse 6, it says, they were trying, right, to trap him, Jesus, into saying something they could use against him. You ever seen that? Sometimes people try to set you up, right? But see, what I want to kind of look at is the hardened heart of the Pharisees. See, sometimes we can let things in the world harden our heart. And we say, well, you did this or you did this. But what I want to show you here, it was a setup. It was a setup. Why do you say that? Because in Leviticus, you can write this in your note, Leviticus 20.10 and Deuteronomy 22.22 says, both the woman and the man should be put to death. Where's the man? Come on, ladies, I wear the man, right? <laughs> yeah? And so it's like, hmm. But see, they were trying to trick Jesus. Check this out. I'm going to read this right from my notes. If Jesus didn't go with the law of Moses, they would say, hey, he's violating the law, right? But he said, he who has no sin, throw the first stone, right? And it goes on, see, and, and then if he said, put her to death, right? If you research that a little bit more, check it out. Only the Romans at that time could actually carry out the execution. They thought they had it, man. They thought they were going to stiff on Jesus. How many know you cannot stiff on God? That's not going to happen, man. That's not going to happen. But sometimes, you know what? Sometimes we probably do. We try to. Sometimes we say, well, you know, I'll do this if you do that. We get into all the bargaining and all that. But God is such a loving God, just like we say all the time. I just want to love you where you're at. God will walk with you where you're at. That's an amazing thing that I see over and over. But I wanted to look at this. This is kind of, that's just part of the story. And that's a big part. But this is what really rung out to me. They act like that woman was disposable. They act like, you know what, they had no regard for her restoration. You know what? Well, let's just, just throw her to the wolves. If we can use her for bait so we can get Jesus, it's all good. You know? And that's what I want to talk about. So many people that we walk past, deal with from day to day, or maybe don't deal with, they're almost faceless to us. But I'm going to tell you, to, to, to God and through God and through the lens of the Lord... Everybody matters, right? We talk about that a lot, how that we're God's gift, right? God's given us a gift of the Holy Spirit in us, right? That we're his masterpiece created in Christ Jesus, right? Ephesians 2.10, because he's got a plan for our life, amen? So I want to look at that. So that just really hurt my heart when I looked at it from that angle. I was like, you know what? They just think this woman's disposable. Now, I realize she was in sin, all right? But I want to read this to you. I said, on my notes, I always say, read this, right? And as I was working this out, the Lord showed me this. The law sees sin and says, cut it off, kill it, right? Jesus saw sin and he said, stop it, repent, and the sin will die and the person will have life in Christ. Listen to what I'm saying here. He never agrees with sin, but is always willing to rescue us from it. I want you to hear that. Right? Because some people can read that and he said, well, he just let her slide. He'll just let me. That's not what he said. He said, he who has no sin, throw the first stone, right? And you know that? I like this. Let's see where we're at here, Tim. I like nine. Look at this. When the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one. This is the piece I want you to see. Beginning with the oldest. Man, I'm going to tell you what. How many of y'all, from about 18 to whatever, thought you knew it all? Right? <laughs> I mean, I'm going to tell you what. I mean, I'm thinking, when I was 18 and I was talking to my dad, I'm thinking, how does he even make it, poor fellow? You know? He just doesn't know it. He's just not with it. You know? And then when I got about 30, I was like, hey, what do you think about this, dad? You know? Man, he got smart. I was like, man, Pop's watching Jeopardy or something? You know? 
But he was plugged in. Yeah, I'm serious. I'm going, man, what is going on here? And guess what? Tom's going to be 21 this week. Right? Nine more years, and he'll think I'm smart, right? <laughs> you don't have to wait that long, son. <laughs> you can come to the realization. But, you know, they said the oldest ones slipped out first. Makes me think, maybe, you know what, as time goes on, we're, we're not as uh, hyper to jump on things, right? You kind of mellow with age a little bit, you know? Because things I thought was a big deal, really not a big deal now. I'm looking at things that bring forth eternal dividends. When other things, man, I would just get all oh, too much gravy on the mashed potatoes. What's up? What? You know? You have that big thing, you're thinking, why are we fighting? You know? Now I'm just happy to get anything to eat. Now she does a good job, but I usually want more. You know? It's, it's something, man. She's, I'll tell you what, my wife's going to be an RN by the time this is all over. She's been taking care of me, so thank you, baby. And all y'all, too, you guys have been great. I'll tell you what, I don't think we had to cook for two weeks. Love y'all. This is great. See, they're down. They need to eat. Okay. So I really appreciate that, man. That's good stuff. But I, I want you guys to see this here. What I really want to dig in here is sometimes that, I, I say this a lot. I'm going to say it again anyway. When our hand's in the cookie jar, we want grace. But when it's our cookie jar and somebody else's hand in there, we want justice. Isn't that true? Isn't that true? So many times, you know? And something else I, I say a lot of times is this the Lord showed me a long time ago. He goes, you know what? Sin doesn't have to come in a 55-gallon drum. It just comes in a little bit at a time. And next thing you know, I go, how did I get here? You know what? Just like this. Just like this. And turning down the volume of what God's doing in our life. That's why it's so important. The Bible tells us in Romans 12 too. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. See, if the devil can keep that Bible shut, he said, I got him this week. Right? If he can keep you, you know, from Tuesday night, I got him again. Oh, if he keep you from Sunday, oh, I got him again. You know? And you know what? That's just a few days. But every day, I want to encourage us to dive into what God's got for us. You know, a lot of times with, with Facebook, I, I, I'll, I'll put in this a little thought. That's the first thing I do when I'm laying in bed, right? I'm thinking, Lord, what is a word for us to encourage folks today? What's a, what's a word? You know? And, and because, you know what? I want to start my day with God. I want to spend my day with God. I want to end my day with God. That doesn't mean nothing else is happening. That just means, you know what? I'm going to cling close to Him. Right? He tells us to cling to Him. Right? Abide in Him. That's what's so important. But as we go back to the story here, we see that the Pharisees weren't really abiding in him. They were trying to get rid of him. He was cramping their style. That's just Buckrow translation. He was cramping their style, right? That's what's happening. And you know what? Man, he's going to cost us some money. You know, what's going on? Whatever, you know, whatever that may be, they're like, this guy's got to go. But you know what? They had the wrong lens on, didn't they? they had the wrong lens on. So with that being said, let's roll on in. To a few more things here. Everybody doing good? Say amen. amen. Judging others. Look at that face, man. Yeah. Yeah. We are not a just judge. What do you mean? We see things the way through our eyes, don't we? Well, that should be that way. Right? A lot of times we don't have too much compassion. You hear about somebody having a money problem. They say, well, they should have done this. You hear somebody about having a marriage problem. Well, they should have done that. Or, or whatever it is. Whatever problem. But we're quick to answer. But I had a friend of mine one time, and, and it stuck in my mind. He said, you know what I see as I get older? I said, what's that? He said, it's never a problem with anybody until it's on their front porch. I said, man, that's pretty good. See, because if you're not going through it, it's like, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry about that. Yeah. But when it comes to your house, you go, wow. 
But what I pray through those things is that God cultivates our heart a little bit, right? And so that when things are going on, we can stand in the gap with somebody and say, you know what? I might not understand totally, but I'm going to tell you what, I can encourage you. See, that's why it's so important. We just talked about this. Why I go to church. Wasn't that last weekend? Right? Okay. Yeah, good. I was going to look at my notes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because you're thinking about so many things. Why I go to church, man? But you know what? Because God calls us to. We get an opportunity to honor God. And we talked about that last week, and I won't re-preach that. But I'm going to tell you what, when you're going through a tough time, it sure is nice to have somebody give you godly counsel. Somebody to come along and encourage you. Amen? So we're not a just judge because we see it through our lens. See, our past experience has a lot to do with this. I'm going to give you a word, Anchor. That's what I always throw out here. If you've got to write some notes down here, James 4.12. And it says this, God alone who gave the law is the judge. He alone has the power to save and destroy. So what right? Do you have to judge your neighbor? You know what? I hear this a lot of my work. It's not my job. Well, that's not our, that's not our job. Amen? Mm-mm-mm. Y'all are slipping. That's the signal when I do that to say amen. It don't sound like I'm drinking so much on it. Man, I get talking so fast, but that medicine, I'm like, ay, ay, ay. Oh, my goodness. Let's keep rolling here. Well, look at this. We have to realize this all have sin, Right? And this is what I see so many times is, you know, our lives have been tainted by, by sin. And a lot of times we want to manipulate things, right? So when we're judging and stuff, we got to scale, right? I'm not as bad as that buddy Chapman guy. You know, I'm not as bad as that guy. You know, I mean, I just took an ink pen, but they shot somebody. Surely I'm okay. But see, God doesn't look at it that way, right? Sin is sin, and sin separates us from an awesome and holy God. Ready for the good news? Where's the cross? Right there. Jesus took care of it on the cross. Paid it in full, right? But you know what? We have to cash the check, so to speak. We have to put faith in that. Ask the Lord come into our life and forgive us of our sin. Amen? And then guess what? We never have any problems. Wrong. Right? We never go through them alone. Right? That's what I want you to understand. The anchor is Jesus. Amen? The remedy is Jesus. So this brings me to my next point. Take a look at this. I was talking about so many times when we try to manipulate things and all that. Well, you know what? Let's go back to the story. The Pharisees, Jesus is closing in on them guys. It's like, oh, what do we do? Hey, sling the woman out there. Right? Under the bus, right? That's where it came from, right? Probably 2,000 years ago. Throw them under the bus. Right? Put them out in the mix, right? Because we don't want nobody looking at us. Isn't that the truth? But God sees all things, right? But aren't you glad when God looks at your life and you're a child of God, he sees you just as if you've never sinned if you've received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. He says, you know what? The accuser comes up and says, so-and-so did this and so-and-so is doing that and everything else. And Jesus is our advocate sitting on the right-hand side of God. He said, it's paid in full. But he is not saying you can live any way you want. Not saying that. But I'm saying that we got a God that loves us. And I'm saying we got a God that restores us. And that goes on right here. What I want to say is this. We also see that we need to watch our attitudes and our motives so they can get twisted, right? But we don't want to exploit others. That's what they were doing. They were throwing her out there. So don't look at our son, look at hers. You see what I mean? And you know that happens real early. You ever have stuff happen in school and they're picking on you? Over and over and over and over and over and over and over. And it hurts, right? Remember the sticks and stones and the words, the word things, right? And then when they get somebody else to pick on, you're so glad. You go, yeah, look at their nose. Or whatever it is. But I want you to think about how did it make you feel when they were on your back? So I hope through that, God's raising up folks that are staying in the gap and say, you know what? We don't need that. 
We don't need that. Let's not exploit others. Let's look to the Lord. Because you know why? We want to look into the mirror of God's Word. You know, we talk about this all the time. And, and, and so many times we let the world define us and not the Word define us. The Word of God tells us who we are. You know, over and over and over. We look at that. You know, through this, through this little deal with my leg and stuff, it, it's, been kind, it's been kind of interesting, right? Because when I go to the doctor, he said, man, you're about the happiest guy I've ever seen to get these shots. I said, oh, I don't like them. But God is working this thing out. And like I was telling you last week, guess what? I got to share some Jesus. Man, I, I preach more in the hospital than I did here. I'm not kidding. You know, the first sermon that when I had in there, I was telling them, I had my, my laptop in there and everything else, and my nurse about 2 o'clock, I said, what do you think about that? Oh, that's a good one, honey. You know? They got to see that. You know? And, I, and, and I'm talking to them and seeing things like that. So no matter what situation you're in, can you have peace? I believe you can. You can be going through some pain and everything else. And let me tell you what I'm doing. Well, it's nothing what some people go through, but what I want to say is this. In the midst of that, I still had some peace. I really did. I had some peace. I was like, oh, you know. Well, what about this? I don't know. I'm just getting better. What about you? You know? Because I tell you what, because I went from that walker to the cane, and now I can almost do a little Mr. Bojangles dance, right? Because I'm getting better. I'm getting stronger because, you know what? We're praying. We're trusting God, and we're seeing God's healing power move, right? So what I want to do is this. I want to take and apply everything that I've been sharing with you guys in my life. Because, you know what? I believe that word of God. I believe that word of God. And I'm going to speak that word of God. And even when I fall down, I'm going to ask the Lord to forgive me and get me back up. And I'm going to walk it out a little bit more. A little bit more. Didn't say I was perfect, but I'll tell you who is. Jesus is. And I'm holding on to him. Amen. That's what it's all about. Let's keep on rolling here. All right? So we need to go to God's word to shore up our foundation so we can walk in his ways. Right? We need to get a proper perspective. We need to have his forgiveness, his wisdom, his grace and mercy. All the time we need to look at that. But you know, when I look back through here. And I see those points that the Lord gave them. What were they doing? They did every one of those. They were judging the woman. They were acting like they didn't have any sin. They were using their ulterior motives and attitudes to, to, to just exploit that woman. But if they were looking to God's word and the heart of God, they would see the love of God. Amen. They would see the hand of God. They would see the grace of God. You know, a lot of times I say grace, G-R-A-C-E, right? What I say? God's riches at Christ's expense. He paid the price, man. He paid the price. So what I want us to see here today, that you know what? That's a slippery slope. So let's take a look at how Jesus responded, right? He's our role model, right? Amen? Let's keep on rolling here. Now, first I want to say, say this. Jesus didn't condemn the woman, but he didn't ignore or condone her sin either. Y'all hear what I'm saying? I want to make sure we're clear on that. He told her to leave the life of sin. Jesus stands ready to forgive us of any sin in our life. Isn't that great? Now, that's amazing grace right there. Amazing love. And, and just like we talk to people, say, well, you don't know my past. Well, you don't know mine. But God says, I see it all. And I say, you're worth it. So next time you don't feel like you're worth it, just look at the cross. But don't just stay at the cross. Because even though he died on the cross, he rose. And we serve a living Savior. See, I get excited about that. I got to sit there and go. Sometimes I write up here and go, talk slower. Right? Just because I'm getting more... Because, man, the good news is good news, man. I'm not kidding. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I can do that. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, you know, uh, it, it's, it's amazing, man, you know, to have the privilege to be able to do what we do here. And God's growing that, and we're seeing things and stuff. You know, I told people, I say it a lot of times, man, all I wanted was a hot dog cart and a guitar, man. And God said, no, we got a bigger plan. I was like, uh, I'll play guitar for you. 
Oh, you got a big mouth. I can use you. <laughs> okay. Okay. And now you're way out on that branch. Right? And the great thing about being way out on that branch, only one person can help you. It's him. Only one person can help you. So when you're out on that limb, if you're out on the limb for Jesus, you got everything you need. You got everything you need. Amen? Well, let's take a look at this. Jesus is talking to the, to the lady and he says, he says he told her to leave her sin, life of sin. He stands ready to forgive us, right? And he says, but you know what? We need to confess and we need to repent. And that means a change of heart. We need to turn from that, right? That's what repent means, to turn, change our mind. Well, how many know sometimes you can try to change your mind, but sin's got such a grip on you, you go, I'm having trouble here, right? Right? And you only pick the sins you like, right? Right? No, you guys are quiet. No, not me, man. I ain't doing nothing. <laughs> but see, what I'm saying is, we can't do it alone. That's what I'm trying to get to. We can't do it alone. I said, Lord, I'm really messing up with zeros on the end. I need you. Help me. Because I'm breaking this thing. You know? And God said, well, let me drive. And I said, okay. And we get out of the ditch. And I said, I got it. <laughs> he goes, you need to let me drive. I was like, oh, well, I got it. Boom, back in the ditch. But you know what? He still stands ready with that grace and love and, and, and unmerited favor. Say, come on back. Come on back to me. So if you're here today and you say, man, I, I've been in a ditch. I've been on across the ditch. I've been in reverse. I've been under the bridge and wherever it is. God said, my love will still reach you right where you're at. Isn't that good news? It's good news. So what we need is God's help. See, through the power of the Holy Spirit, when we call on the name of the Lord, the Spirit of the Lord comes into our life. We're not ours anymore, Right? He bought us with a price. Remember a few weeks ago we talked about that? And, and you know what? God's a gentleman. You're not going to be, you know, like a robot. He gives us free will. But man, he puts that GPS, GPS system in there. God's perfect standard. Yeah, that's good. You start thinking about that. And you start listening. I got a story for you. Imagine that. Right? <laughs> Yesterday I was making a run and stuff. And you know, how many know, sometimes, you know, I, I love spending time with my family. But I don't get to spend as much time with my family as I like to. I mean, there's work and there's mom's house, there's grass to cut. Thank the Lord Thomas does it. Uh, thanks, son. Happy birthday. I'll get you a new blade. Uh, <laughs> thanks, Dad. But yesterday, 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 uh, I was going down the road, and um, where I work out there, we have a lot of truck drivers come in from time to time. And over the years, you know, I might spend three hours a week with them, and I'm talking to them about all types of stuff. What do you think I'm talking about? Jesus, right? Just love them where they're at. You know, because I'm not always taking, I'm, I'm going up there and go, hey man, do you know John 316? I just love it on Hey, what do you think about that? They go, wow. You were preaching, I didn't even know it. I was like, isn't that amazing? God's good. So anyway, older gentleman, and I said, I was riding down the road. I was going down 171. And the Lord said, you need to call Leon. I said, I didn't talk to Leon in six months. But I know when the Lord prompts my heart. So I, I didn't take my hands off the wheel. I said, call Leon. Right? And he called Leon. Now, Leon is probably 68, 70 years old, right? He gets the one, he goes, yeah. I say, hey, buddy, what's up? He goes, I'm running. He's a runner. This guy does like seven miles a day. I mean, I don't even drive seven miles a day. You know what I'm telling you? I don't. And he goes, hey. I said, it's me. He said, I don't believe this. You can tell when somebody's putting you on it and somebody goes, he, he stopped. I hear him stop. Doom, doom, doom. He goes, I can't believe this. He says, son, before I start running, I was stretching. 
I felt like I was supposed to give you a call. I said, God, I heard the Lord, right? So I get to share with my buddy. He's talking about maybe he'll retire, maybe we'll do this. And he's asking all these questions about the family. And you say, well, it's a big deal. The big deal is, you know what? If we hear the small things, God will line us up to do the big things. See, I was excited about that. Because I wasn't thinking about Leon. I was really debating, was I going to get Chick-fil-A before Miles did? Because right? I know you go every Saturday, right? <laughs> I was going, I'm going to give me a mouth shave. No. So I'm going down there and I hear the, hear the voice of the Lord just in my spirit. just like, call him. You know what? What is God calling you to do today? Maybe he's saying, why don't you call our friend? Maybe he's saying, why don't you let go of this? Why don't you let go of that? Why don't you forgive yourself? Why don't you forgive somebody else? Just thinking about that. Well, let's go ahead and take a look at this here. Now, when we look at Jesus' response, he highlighted the importance of compassion and forgiveness, didn't he? He didn't say, give me a bigger rock. No, he didn't. Now, you know you can get into all this theologian stuff. I wonder what he was writing down in the sand. The Bible don't say. So if it didn't say, I'll just keep moving. Because I'm not going to speculate. If they didn't write it, then guess what? We're going to move on to the next thing, right? But it must have been something interesting. We can ask him one day, right? We can ask him one day. But take a look at this. He highlighted the importance of compassion and forgiveness. Jesus points us to life in the midst of the deadly sin in our life. Isn't that something? When that water's up here, God said, I got a remedy. When that water's up here, he said, I still got a hand, I can reach you. Right? Whatever the case is. I ain't going to tell that story. It's okay. But you know what? Wherever you're at, no matter how deep the sin, now how harsh the hurt, I want you to hear that God's willing to receive and God's willing to restore. Because you know what? He talks about compassion and forgiveness. And if we're going to be a mirror of Christ, that's what we need to do. You know? That's what we need to do. All right? Everybody doing good? Let's take a look at this. You know what? He's our redeemer. He's a redeemer. Right? Everybody remember that? Every time I talk about this, I go back to those things, man. When, when we had the green stamps. Jake, you had some of those. The green stamps. You remember those? She did? <laughs> yes, she did. Well, I had some too. You'd have those little green stamps. You'd go, I think we get them at Belo's. And you could put them all on this little card. And then you redeem them to get the prize. So you turn them in to redeem, right? By faith, we're redeemed through what Jesus did on the cross, right? That's what I want us to see. So what is he showing us? He said, I'm a redeemer. He says, where's everybody at? Where's all the finger pointing? He says, I don't condemn you either. But then he gives her some words of wisdom. Go and sin no more. If you're here today and you're missing the mark, right, from time to time, go and sin no more. Do it in the power of the Lord. Say, Lord, I need some help with this situation, right? But you know what? Also, we see this, that Jesus is the lover of our soul. He loves you that much. I think if we could ever grasp, and I don't think we will this side of heaven, the love of what Christ has for us. You know, we use love for all types of stuff. We get one of those $5 coffees and we go, man, I just love that. Mashed potato and gravy, I just love that. You know? See why she does this little thing? I just love you. Right? This is a little bit different, gang. This is the whole ball of wax. It's that agape love. It's that unconditional love. See, it's not, well, I love you because you did A, B, C, and D. God says, I love you just the way you are. Come to me. And I got a bigger and better plan for you. I want to restore you. I want you to have the gift of life. Amen? So what does he do? He brings forth the, forth the gift of life. So, so many times, do we do that? Do we bring forth the gift of life or do we point the fingers? You know, we talk about sticks and stones, sticks and stones. We might not have that physical stick, 
But just like on that first slide on your hand out, that stick right there. Her, him, he, him, what? You know, we want to point them things out, man. We want to point out every little thing that Billy Joe and Sally Sue did because sometimes we think it makes us look a little bit better. Mm, man, I tell you what, what we need to do is look at the lens of the Lord. So that's what I'm talking about here. So how can God use us to help others, right? How can he do it? We can pray. There's accountability. There's compassion. We need to be his hands and feet and share his grace. Now, Ralph's not here today. Y'all know my buddy Ralph. Me and, me and Ralph love to hang out. Ralph is cool. He's, you know, if I don't call him by about two days, hey, what's up, man? What's going on? We're checking in. So I said, I'm going to get Ralph out of the house yesterday. I said, Ralph, let's go, let's go shopping. I ain't going shopping. Come on. Let's go shopping. So I got it. Right? So I'm limping. Ralph's in his chair. And we got a designated pusher. Right? So he goes, man, I ain't never been here before. I said, this is cool, isn't it? So we're looking all around doing some stuff. And we check out. And I'm saying, how you doing everything? I'm getting ready to leave. Ralph said, you ought to come to church with us. You ought to go. I said, go get him, Ralph. You tell him, right? We went to the next store, right? He said, I ain't been here since it was a food line. We went to Big Lots. Anybody like to go to Big Lots? They got everything. I love with some Big Lots, man. We're over there, and we're looking at little toys for his dog and all these things like that. And I'm wearing down, man, because I'm like, by this time, I'm going, you ain't going to let me in that chair with you. You know, I'm wearing down. But we had a good time. So what am I saying? You know what? Through the midst of that, he was just living on. He was just sharing his gift. He was just saying, hey, how y'all doing? And my, my son's saying, oh, my gosh, dad's going to Farm Fresh. We will never get our milk because I'm talking to people, right? The expiration date, I got to get the last one. And it's getting close to the time I get home, right? Well, I found, I found a twin. That's me and we're out. We're out on the town. But why did I bring that up? Because you know what? It does my heart good to see somebody sharing the love of Christ. It does my heart good to see somebody say, hey, what's going on? Come on down. You know, loving them where they are and being their hands and their feet and their ear of God. Just loving people where they are. And I think right there, that's the response that we see in Jesus. That's what he wants us to do. He wants us to be a mirror of Christ. Amen. You know what? You might be the only Bible somebody sees. All right. Now, so many times, we look at our response. I'm going to go back to the story. They bring the lady in, right? And they said, hey, she's the one that's been caught in the act of adultery. Isn't it something, you know? How do we respond to the when we're wounded? How do we respond, right? Sometimes we just do this. We grab that rock and say, hey, ready, right? Because we're looking at you, right? But you know what? Jesus says, get the rock. But look at yourself first. See, sometimes I need to look at me first. So many times we want to take that rock, man, we just want to, man, go get it. You know, we learned in our Bible study, that was pretty brutal stuff, man. What they would do is that they had somebody accused of a crime or something breaking the law. They would take that person and the witness would take a big rock. It looked like a boulder to me in our study. Right? And they would get that person on the edge of a cliff. And they would hit them with that. And if they didn't fall over, jump, or kill them, then it's free game. Everybody else in the town could grab a rock. And then, have you ever noticed sometimes, man, when somebody's down, you have to be careful because everybody jumps on the bandwagon. You know? Let's not do that. Let's be the one that stands in the gap and says, hey, you know what? I don't understand everything going here. But you know what? I want to respond like Christ. So, so what I want you to hear here is something to write on your notes. Check the stone in your hand. Check the stone in your hand next time something's going on. Talking to me too. Because we want to jump right in so many times. How do we treat others 
that are different? How do we treat others that are different? You know, this question, man, really rocked me from the whole deal on the Tuesday night Bible study. And that's where this message comes. I go, man, you know, I, I think the best way for me is just to read what the question was for one of our, our questions on, on Tuesday night homework. Y'all ready? It said, many people are almost faceless to us. We see them only for what they can do for us. With other people, we avoid them because their problems are too big for us to fix or because they embarrass us. How might you treat these people in a way that mirrors Christ? Just being truthful about it. See, sometimes we'll go all the way around the other end of the food line so we don't have to run into somebody, right? Or when we go out, you know, and, and, and when we go out to eat or something, I see somebody, you know, we did a lot of street ministry and stuff like that. I can hear the come. You know what they might say? Hey, do you got, you got any change? And I love this when I, when, when I have that opportunity. I want to make that opportunity right there to show them about Jesus, right? I'm telling you, use the discernment of the Lord. Okay, I'm not telling you to do something to put you in harm's way. But this is usually what happens. And they go, hey, man. I go, hey, what's up? You got a daughter? I said, man, I know. Yeah, I do. Actually, I do. What's going on in your life? Well, I've been through this and everything else. I said, man, how can I pray for you? They go, what? So I'm going to get my daughter's work. I'm going to pray for her. I'm going to share Jesus with her, right? But you know what? It's amazing. Last time I was over to my mom's, I went to, get, went to Taco Bell. And I got out of the car and the guy said, hey! Like, what? Guy comes over and he says, hey man, can you help me out? I said, yeah, what's going on? You know? I said, you know what, how about I pray for you? Yeah. Sometimes that's what they need. I don't think there's any time that's not what we need. Let's just say it that way. But they don't normally expect that. Alright? But what I'm saying is there's opportunities to see some of the people that we think that are faceless and, and use the lens of the Lord and say, you know what, I just want to tell you, bro, I don't know what you're going through, but you know, I'm going to pray for you that God's going to bless you, right? That God's going to deliver you. And I'm going to tell you what, man, you start praying for them and man, they start jerking and holding on and then they're crying and they're hugging you and everything else. See, God's moving. So it's not about change in the sense of quarters, dimes, and nickels. It's about a change of heart. So I want to bring forth what's going to change their heart. I want to bring forth what's going to change their situation. What's that? Jesus. Jesus. And he might come. He might come in, in, in a quarter. He might come in a dollar. He might come in a handshake, a hug, or maybe buy you a meal. I don't know what it is, but I want to tell you what. If we look at those folks and look at others like we want to be looked at, God moving that. I promise you. Amen. He will move in that. So let's take a look at this. How do we feel when we're the one on the other side? Man, school can be tough, huh? Man, you ought to see the haircut my dad had on me till I was in seventh grade, man. Looked like a bad cabbage. I am not kidding, man. You know? That's why I still got a mullet. 47 years old, they said, let it go. I said, never. Never. You know? It took me this hard to get it, right? But they said, oh, man, it'd be time to go get a haircut. I'd be like, I'll cut the grass. <laughs> I'll cut the neighbor's grass. Oh, man, going down to Sam's Barbershop. Oh, Sam get down there and he started talking about politics. I knew I was going to have a baldy head then. And go to school, right? Hey man, look at that head. Looks like a bad cabbage. You know, everything else. And that's small potatoes. But when you when when you're when you're 17 years old, when you're, when you're 10 years old, that's a big deal. You know? And later on, you don't even care, right? What I'm saying is as we walk through life, there's things that really get under our skin. There's things that really hurt us, and those words do hurt us. And you know what? So when somebody else comes up with a bad haircut, just say, hey, you know what? It ain't but a week. You'd be good. Right? Show them the love of Christ. 
He said, but you use some of the silliest things. No, I, I tell you, those are things that we all deal with. Those are things that we, we or, or maybe a girl says, I can't believe you're going to wear that dress. Oh my gosh, you're ready to take it and burn it and go ahead and get something else on. Who are they? They're just jealous most of the time. Get back to the story. Get back to the story. How do we feel when we're the ones on the outside? So you know what? Sometimes we need to go outside the wall and love on folks where they are. That's why, you know, I love evangelism. That's why we do the thing out in the field. That's why, you know, when we're going somewhere, I'm always trying to make that opportunity to share Jesus. That's why the line is always so long behind me when I go through the drive-thru. People go, oh, God, he's, he's talking to me again. Because you never know. You might be the only Bible they see. Amen? Amen. Value others as God does. Man, do we really value others as God does? You say, oh, yeah, I love my family. What about the guy next door? What about the guy down the street? What about the girl over here? What about that co-worker? You say you've been praying, but what have you been praying for? Right? Are we praying for them? Are we praying for that? Because sometimes it's tough, man. The workplace can be pretty tough, right? But you know what? You might be the only Jesus they see in that. Look, so many times I look at that. Remember how much God forgave you. Look for God in the situation. Look for good. And that's one thing about my mom. I mean, I believe somebody can walk over there and stomp on her big toe and she goes, man, that's great. They didn't have that big a shoe. She can always pull, she can always pull the positive out of there. Man, when I was like, I can't believe this and everything else. They did this and they hit me in the head and everything else. But they didn't hit your eye, did they? No. Well, you'll be all right. I mean, she would always do that, you know. And sometimes you don't want her to do that. You are on your side. Go get her, mom. You know, go get her, Ruthie, baby. Yeah. She's like, you'll be all right. It'll grow back. See, sometimes we just need to let things grow back. What do you need to grow back? Grace, mercy, peace, forgiveness. But what we let grow back is hate, discontent, unforgiveness, and everything else. And we think that we're really paralyzing that person, and all we're doing is harden our heart like the Pharisees, right? And God said, I'm trying to talk to you. And go, I'm trying to talk to you. And you can't tell me this. You go around with a shovel lip, and you go around being all hateful and everything else, it starts working on the inside. Starts working on the inside. See, a lot of times when we're laughing and stuff in here, it's not that we're not serious, but it says the joy of the Lord is our strength. Right? We need to be able to laugh at ourselves. I guarantee you, sometimes we come out of here, your blood pressure drops 10 points. Right? Because we're, we're, we're just having a joyous time. And we're looking at the positive on things. But you know what? What is our response going to be? Are we valuing others like God does? Well, you know what? The best way for, for me to realize that, and I said it again, I'm going to say it again. Uh, repeat it one more time. I have to remember how much God forgave me. As I get older, I seem to cry more. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know. Because I used to be better. I'm Mr. Tough Guy. Mr. Karate Guy. Mr. Rock and Roll Guy. And now my sons will say something. I'm like, man, that's beautiful, man. Dad, you ain't that tough. You know? No, I'm not. I'm not. Because God started working on my heart, man. And when I see things, I just go, man. You know, it's, it's, it's sometimes I think, why am I crying? Because you know what? God starts working on your heart. And you start seeing things from another viewpoint. And you go, my God, I'm so blessed. My God, I'm so blessed. Lord, thank you. Thank you. Lord, how can you use me in this situation? Man, when something's going through and you call a friend and they go, man, you're just not going to believe it. I'll be right there. Now, you might not be able to fix every situation. But you might be the one that God sends to hold it for a little while. Sometimes I found in pastoring, the best thing I can do is zibit.com. And sometimes I just cry with people. I don't know, man. But I know God's still working on our behalf. I know God still values you. 
I know I don't understand that what's going on right now, but I'm going to tell you what. I know that God is going to deliver us. I know that God's going to pull us through the other side. And so I go back in their life and I talk to them about things in their life. And we start talking about I said, you remember when you went through that? And they go, yeah. And they go, wow. I said, we made it through, didn't we? They said, yeah. I said, God is good. I went to the grocery store yesterday. hadn't seen the girl for, for 28 days. She said, baby, where have you been? I said, I was down for a little bit, but I'm coming back home. And right over at the chicken wing, everybody's listening, right? So I got a little bit louder. I said, well, I had a little knee problem. I'm leaning in like this. See, they, people love dirty like that. And I said, this happened and this happened. And I was at the hospital. Everything I said, going, oh, people were like over there over the chicken wings going, oh, my gosh. You know, they were just buying it. I said, but through all of the stuff, I said, God is good. She said, you know, that's right, baby. Right? Aisle five became my little sanctuary for Jesus, right? I'm telling you, the chicken wings, man, I went from, you know? So it's so, so, all right. I'll share a little bit of that. If I could just draw them in a little bit. Draw them in a little bit. Where have you been? Huh? Take a little break. Take a little break. But see, sometimes, if I would just said, well, you know, God's been really good. They would have been over there trying to price check. But sometimes you just got to tell them the whole story so that they can see the glory of God in the midst of that. Right? I just praise God for the opportunity he's given us, man. He gives us great opportunity to do what God has for us today. That brings me to my next thing here. Unity. Man. In your family, in your workplace, in church, whatever it is, be dedicated to greatness. Be dedicated to forgiveness. Be dedicated to grace. Amen. Look for ways to unite and support. I don't know if it's just where I work sometimes, and I do like my job. I'm very thankful. I believe that I always have opportunity to do ministry at work. <laughs> I was like, I always got something to pray about, right? But you know what? We say this sometimes. Isn't it amazing if people would pray a third of what they complain, I bet you they see God move a whole lot faster. Right? Man, they'll take that little that little molehill, ant hill, fox hill, everything. Next thing you know, it's like, man, I can't see nothing. I know you've been talking about all the negative. You know? But I believe that God wants us to look and unite and support. I'm going to give you some word anchor for this right here. You ready? Write this down. Proverbs 15.1 says, A gentle answer turns away wrath. Everybody that's married, hear this. Right? All right. I thought that would make you smile. A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Amen. Everybody say amen. If you're not married, learn that one. All right? It's just good. But you know what? Be a blessing. Philippians 2, 3 and 4. Take a look at this. It says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself, not looking for your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. You know what, if we just elevate somebody else. And it's funny how it works. If that's really your heart, God's found, He will find a way to bless you. He really will. He just, you know, you, you do things for the right reason, for the right motives, things seem to come around. You know? It's, it's something. And, and that's how God is. Because you know what, I believe there's opportunities and there's tests every day for us to respond Christ-like. So you know what? Let's get them this week. Let's get them starting today. Let's do that. I want you to look at this. There is peace and power in oneness. That's why it's so important that we come together, that we're like-minded. We're not all alike. We have an individual relationship with Christ because you're not going to get to heaven just because your grandma played the organ, right? right? A lot of people think so. You'd be surprised some of the things I hear. Oh, you go to church? I used to. Okay, that's fine. All right. Just going to church ain't going to get you there, right? Some people think, man, man, I don't know. It's about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Relationship. See, people want to stand behind religion. I go to the church with the big steeple and all that. Man, that's wonderful. They're talking about Jesus. 
Who? I don't think I'll be there. You know? If they ain't breaking out the word and they're not talking about Jesus, I'll be like, you know, we'll pray for you, right? Let's take a look at this. Comfort others in Christ. We need to comfort others in Christ. You say, what do you mean by that? Man? The way we comfort others in Christ is we, we point people to the Redeemer. We point people to the grace of God. We point people to the loving side of God so they understand that. You know, we don't bring them and put them in the headlock and bring them to church and say, well, you know, I didn't say anything, but man, Pastor Buddy's going to kick him in the shin when he gets there. <laughs> it's not going to happen. I'm going to love you where you're at, right? Because I tell you what, I, I didn't grow up in church. I didn't grow up in church. I went to church once when I was five and once when I was 30. And if you were a rock and roller, that is a long time, right? But when people came outside the church and said, man, let me tell you how much God loves you, I was looking behind me. Who are they talking about? Man, who are you talking about? We played the after hour club last night. He's probably looking for me right now. That wasn't the case. He was looking for me. He says, because you know what? I want to do restoration in your life. I want to do a makeover. Not a patch job. I want to make things new. And that's what we can find in the love of Christ. That's what we can find with the love of the Lord. Amen. So we come back to this. Sticks and stones, right? Let's go over this again. John 8, 7 says, They kept demanding an answer. So he stood up again and said, All right, but let the one who has never sinned throw the first stone. And you know, I, I looked all week for these rocks. I want to use them again. All right? I kept looking at that banner when I put them on my desk. I thought, wow. Lord, Lord, help me not to always be a rock thrower. Help me not to always take my stick and point it at the other guy. Help me, Lord, to point him to the rock, Jesus Christ. Help me to use my pointer, my stick, to say, it's not about me. It's about him. It's about his forgiveness. It's about his grace. It's about his love. It's about his mercy. So if you take anything away here today, I hope you hear that God is a God of restoring. God is a just God. God is a holy God. And God loves you right the way you are, right where you are. And today, it's an opportunity for a fresh start. Amen. I ask you to close your eyes. I'm going to pray for you before we go. And I just want to take a few minutes to just really speak to your heart. If you're here today and say, man, buddy, you know, I, I, I've heard that, but I've, I've never heard it that way. I'm going to ask you the, the, the biggest question that you'll ever refer to in your life. Bigger than getting a car loan, a house loan, anything else, receiving a job, anything else. The question is, if you die tonight, do you know for sure that you go to heaven? You say, well, I'm a nice guy. I'm a nice girl. I didn't ask you that. See, it's not about our works. The Bible says our works are like filthy rags. He says in John 14, 6, I share it all the time. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. So I'm going to ask you right now, if you die tonight, do you know for sure you go to heaven? And I tell you, if you don't know, this is how you do know. The Lord says that we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus, right? Think about Romans 10. If we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in our heart that God rose him from the dead, you will be saved. And he goes on into the 13th birth, and he says, whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord. So if you're here today, and you need to call on the name of the Lord, don't leave here without it. It's this simple. God, come into my life, Lord Jesus. Forgive me of my sin. Today, Lord, I need you, and I receive you as my Savior. Today, wash away my sin, and he will do it. That's where the faith comes in. 
Bible says you are saved by grace through faith. Not that of yourself, but it's a gift to God. So today receive the gift. Think about it at Christmas time or maybe your birthday. You never really embrace that gift if you don't unwrap it. You embrace and receive the gift of God by unwrapping it by faith. So today, if that's your prayer, I pray that, that you know what you say, buddy, I prayed that prayer with you today. And I'm starting a new life. If you're here today and you said, I've done that, but you know what, I've missed the mark. Well, you don't know what? We all missed the mark. And today's a new day. He's got grace and mercy that's fresh for each one of us. And so I pray that we just say right here, right now, I'm going to pray for everyone starting by myself. Lord, help us to live for you. Lord, strengthen us to walk in your will and your way. Lord, thank you for the opportunity and the privilege to be a child of God. It's all about you. It's all from you. But Lord, help me to live like Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Well, I pray you guys give the Lord a hand clap. I pray there was something to do.